Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast. My name is Mung Sung. Hey, guys, it's Loster Jealous. Uh, week four is in the books. Another exciting week of NFL football. A lot of uh, fun games. A um, lot of redemption. This, I think the theme of this week was uh, superstars reclaiming their spot. What do you say? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's certainly a lot of action going on, a lot of touchdowns being scored. Uh, so let's get jump right into it. Um, let's start with the Thursday night game, Baltimore at Pittsburgh. Uh, as always, this was a pretty ugly AFC North showdown. Um, we, you know, it's always kind of weird when these two teams face each other. Even without Big Ben, the uh, the score is pretty close. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense really stepped up in this divisional game. Uh, Joe Flacco didn't do much, but then again, uh, you know, he is what he is. He's a QB two. He's going to have good games and bad games. Uh, but Justin Forsett, good to see him finally doing something. That's right. Rebirthing, rejuvenation, reclamation of that of that uh, great running back spot. 150 yards on the ground. No, no touchdown yet, but he he will get there. Yeah, and it's good to see him getting the bulk of the work too. Uh, you know, we saw Lorenzo Taliaferro get quite a few carries uh, the last couple of weeks, um, but now for set uh, clear work workhorse at least for this game. Uh, you know, 27 carries compared to three for Allen and. Or I'm sorry, three for Talia Farrow and five for Allen. Um, do you, does this make you feel any better about Forsett as a running back two going forward, or is this a, a kind of fluky game against Pittsburgh? Absolutely, you have to hamper your expectations a little bit. He's not going to be throwing out 150 yard games every day or anything like that. Um, but I'm a Forsett owner in a league, and I was very worried. But I, I couldn't bench him; had to keep trotting him out there. I knew it would come, and this was the week it came, and I am happy it did. I. My fears are at ease right now. Yeah, so I guess um, the thing is, Forsett gets Cleveland next week, who hasn't been very good against the run. Uh, is he a still pretty good start next week? You think? Absolutely, keep him rolling. You, you you cannot put him you cannot put him on your bench against Cleveland after he just put up 150 against. Now it's a bad Pittsburgh defense. It's not the Pittsburgh of old. But anytime you're seeing a guy get 27 rushes. He's the guy they want to give the ball to, and they and they they solidified that that game. I can't. I mean, there's no more than that way to put it. And as for the rest of the Ravens, is there even anybody worth starting now that Steve Smith has fractured some bones in his back? You know, he's going to be you know week to week probably. Uh, yeah. It's going to be tough to say that Joe Flacco is a good week-to-week starter um, by week fill-in. It'd be hard for me to endorse him. Um, Steve Smith. Uh, I hope this isn't it for him. I'd like to see him back. He's a very fun player to watch. Hard-nosed, hard-nosed edgy wide receiver that just gets the job done. Um, but no, none of these wide receivers can be trusted. And unless you really, really have to, I wouldn't I wouldn't touch Max Williams for a tight end fill-in. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if the uh, Ravens ran a few more two tight end sets if Crockett Gilmore does come back healthy. Um, you know, they're losing wide receivers left and right to injury. And that's a that's a position that they were already severely lacking depth at. Uh, they did just uh, trade for Chris Givens uh, in deeper leagues, maybe somebody to monitor, but certainly not starting him this week. 
Yeah, I don't care about Chris Givens. He was a sleeper name about two, three years ago. He's stayed asleep since. Uh, if you can't really crack the field with uh, through that um, through those Rams receivers, then I don't really think he's going to do anything in Baltimore either. Yeah, the only reason I do say to keep an eye on him is because he's that deep speed guy, kind of that Torrey Smith replacement that they wanted Brashad Perriman to be. But now, you know, he's just been hurt this entire time and we may not even see him this season. So that's the only reason. Just, you know, keep an eye on him. Um, Moving on to the Pittsburgh side of the ball. uh, Le'Veon Bell, um, not a whole lot to say here. Uh, He's, you know, he's a top three running back every week. Absolutely. Not, nothing to add. Uh, Michael Vick, you're not starting him in one quarterback leagues. We don't need to really cover him. Antonio Brown, though, very disappointing. We were hoping that he would at least still be a wide receiver one with Vick, and I'm not sure that's the, that's going to be the case. I mean, you're starting him regardless whether whether you're going to – you're not putting him on your bench. Nobody's putting Antonio Brown on your bench. Don't go crazy. He still saw nine targets, but the ball's probably going to get spread around a little – more here possibly Michael Vick is not Ben Roethlisberger and Michael Vick is not even the Michael Vick that you recall from playing football throwing the ball uh, running the ball also of course more so at this point if you're in the basement of your leagues uh, looking for a win scraping to get victories together Antonio Brown is not going to get them for you while Vick's is quarterback and it might be time to uh, if you can find somebody to pay a you know a king's ransom for him or something now would be the time to act Yeah, definitely. But, uh, you know, on the flip side, too, uh, and both Antonio Brown and Martavis Bryant could be by lows right now. If you're, you know, three and one, four and oh, if you can make it to the playoffs with your current roster and you can stash some of these guys, similarly to Des Bryant, you know, these are good by lows. Without question, completely agree. Yeah. And as for all the rest of the Steelers, you know, Hayward Bay, Heath Miller, we can't really trust any of them with uh, Big Ben out. Yeah, was uh, was rolling with Heath Miller in a couple leagues. I'm not going to be able to continue that uh, successfully at all. Okay, so moving on to the early morning London game. Man, what a disaster for the Miami Dolphins. Good morning, uh, Govna. Yeah, more like goodbye, Philbin. <laughs> oh, cheerio, Philbin. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's start talk by talking about that. Uh, what uh, what kind of fantasy impact, if any, is there with Philbin now being replaced by the former tight ends coach uh, Dan Campbell? Well, I get, I wish I could say that that's going to make Jordan Cameron's uh, value skyrocket. But the reality here is that I I this does not typically go well for teams. Every Miami player has to be taking a step back at this point. I, I truly can't see a way that a new system can be implemented. And they didn't fire him to keep the same old system. So they're going to be trying new things, moving people around, shuffling things. I, if, you can, if you can buy out on your Miami players, it's time to right now. You know, I'm not so sure about that. I actually think that Lamar Miller could be a sneaky buy low just because of the fact that, you know, Campbell, he's obviously his first stint as a head coach. He's still kind of growing into that role. Um, You know, personally, I think that he's going to try and make the offense a little bit less complicated than, you know, how they had it. Uh, Maybe give Miller the ball more to just, you know, make it make it simpler, make it easier for Tannehill. That's possible. Maybe that's the one thing. Uh, the uh, coaching staff didn't seem to like giving Miller the ball. Maybe if there's a radical change that they will start using him a little more appropriately. Seven carries, not going to get the job done for a running back. Yeah, and uh, you know Jarvis Landry, he'll still be okay in PPR, but certainly just a wide receiver three or flex at this point. 
Um, and as for Kenny Stills and Devontae Parker and, and Rashard Matthews, uh, kind of what we talked about in the preseason, they're all going to eat into each other's targets. We saw Stills have a pretty big game this week, but who knows who it's going to be next week. Maybe Jake Stoneburner again. Uh, bottom line is I'm not starting any of these wide receivers um, or even Jordan Cameron uh, except for Jarvis Landry. I'm still pulling for Devontae Parker myself. Um, if you can afford him in a league, if you have an absolute garbage spot or completely open roster spot, I would consider uh, rostering him if, if you haven't already, um, especially in a standard. I just think he's he he has the potential to be like a transcendent talent. Um, but um, if you can't don't go out of your way to make room for him at this point, not with too much changes here. Yeah, I think I think Parker is uh, is pretty much gone outside of 14 or 16 team leagues at this point. Um, as for the other side, Ryan Fitzpatrick, not doing great, but doing enough to, you know, keep Brandon Marshall, uh, very, very productive seven for 128 on the day, uh, 11 targets led the team, uh, by a lot in targets. So Marshall's a pretty, pretty solid wide receiver to start. Um, Decker, he got that touchdown. Uh, I think he's still a wide receiver three flex. I, I think that, Fitzpatrick certainly not the best quarterback in the league by far, but um, you know, it, efficient enough to make his receivers relevant. Yeah, absolutely, can't disagree at all. Yeah, and as for uh, Chris Ivory, you know, I wasn't super high on him going into the season, but he's certainly proven me wrong. One sixty-six on the ground and a touchdown. Uh, is he a rock-solid high-end RB two, maybe even low-end RB one right now? The biggest thing that I took away from this game when I was watching it is how well the Jets were able to run on the Dolphins. I don't know if that's the Dolphins D-line or the Jets O-line, but it has more to do with that than the running backs. They were eating that that Miami defense alive, creating holes that you and I could have ran through. Yeah, I think part of it too, though, is uh, the fact that their defense is really good at stopping the opposing team, and that you know that gives their running backs good game flow to keep pounding the rock. Absolutely. A mix of, you know, getting, getting, uh, getting in a rhythm, you know, seeing what you can in the defense, getting enough looks, 29 attempts on the ground. It's, it's, it's a good recipe for success to have a good defense, be able to beat up the opposing defensive line. And this is not a bad defensive line. This was a good defense. A lot of people thought coming into this year, especially with the addition of Dominican Sue. And it doesn't look like anyone's being like lazy out there just at, at my eyeball. Now I'm not a scout. I, you know, I can't speak to that, but it doesn't look like they're giving poor effort. It just looks like that jets team beat them off the line basically every play now they they flew you know flight to london i don't know how tired anyone was from that how how late everybody was spending out in the pubs and all that good stuff but i don't know they they beat them up and chris ivory took distinct advantage um running back good running back to going forward from here especially with the injury to Bilal powell yeah, and the one last thing I did want to mention, uh, and we'll update you on a, a few other uh, players returning from suspension too. They get Sheldon Richardson back next week, and that's going to make that defense even meaner. Mm, yummy. All right, so let's move on to Jacksonville at Indianapolis. Um, Andrew Luck did not play in this game, and uh, wow, it was uh, it was a pretty terrible game to watch if you uh, had to endure the entire game there. <laughs> Yeah, I had a special interest in the game as a luck owner. I had to end up starting Matt Hasselbeck. He he did pretty well for me. I mean, I, I'm not going to win the week or anything, but he he was a suitable fill-in. Yeah, I don't know that uh, that means much, but uh, certainly 
for the Colts. They got the win. That's all they care about. Um, Matt Hasselbeck did target Frank Gore more in the passing game. Do you think that that's going to go away again once Luck returns? I hope not. I think Luck has to get this offense rolling. Um, Hasselbeck, a very cerebral quarterback, and not overly skilled at this point in his career. He knew that offense very well. He knew where he needed to put the ball. Um, I hope Luck can do the exact same thing. Uh, thing to monitor, however, Gore, little dinged up. Just keep an eye uh, heading into this Thursday night game for him. Yeah, he is marked as questionable and um, just a deeper waiver wire pickup or possibly even a preemptive pickup. Uh, they are still sniffing around Ahmad Bradshaw. So for whatever reason, Gore can't go or uh, if they sign Bradshaw for the season as, as a backup even because Josh Robinson has looked pretty terrible. Uh, certainly got to keep uh, in the back of your head. So for the pass catchers, uh, Kobe Fleener led the way in receptions and receiving yards, nine for 83 and a touchdown. Um, I don't see this continuing going forward. I think this was more of a the fact that Hasselbeck, you know, couldn't really throw deep downfield like Luck does. I, I think this was more of a an aberration than the, you know, the role going forward for Fleener. Yeah, if Hasselbeck's starting on Thursday, I would consider keep starting Fleener. Um, I hope you Gronk owners who listen to the podcast went ahead and listened to uh, to me. Grabbed Fleener, slot him into your lineup. I, I don't know if he did or not, but. It would have worked out pretty well for you. Well, I, I do believe that Luck is probable to start on Thursday night. So um, with Luck in, do you, are you still that confident in Fleener? He's probable, but at the same time, separated shoulder, always iffy. I mean, if, if, if your shoulder's not feeling right, you're not throwing well, then there's pretty much no reason to put you in a football game when your job is throw the football. Okay, yeah, definitely something to monitor. Um, Dante Moncrief, still uh, the second best receiver. Um, you know, six for 75 here. I think he's a pretty solid start regardless. Um, and T.Y. Hilton, you know, a pretty down day by Hilton's standards, but I think he's still a wide receiver one going forward. You're starting both of them. There's there's no discussion here. Yeah, and just a quick note on T.Y. Hilton. Um, he is a must start against Houston on Thursday night football. I, I just want to bring up a quick stat. In his career, T.Y. Hilton has averaged six catches for 110 yards and a touchdown when playing the Houston Texans. Just something to keep in the back of your head. I like it. Good numbers, statistic analysis, and a little data to back it up. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's why That's why we're here. Um, Evidence-based fantasy. <laughs> exactly. We bring you that EBF every every Monday night on uh, with the fantasy football addicts. All right. Promos aside. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Dorsett, you know, he's a, a high upside flex if Andrew Luck is playing. Um, with Hasselbeck in, you can forget about starting him. Uh, uh, on the Jacksonville side, Blake Bortles, who did Who didn't we mention there? How sad is that? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's just a fact that we don't need to talk about Andre Johnson anymore. He's he's done. I'm sorry. I mean, people are starting him probably. People are owning him. It's... All right, this it's, is a, it's this a is, sweet lullaby time for for Andre Johnson. I'm sorry to say it. Yeah, this is the last time we're going to mention this on the podcast going forward. Uh, if you haven't dropped Andre Johnson yet, please do so. Yep. Sorry, buddy. I had faith in you. Um. So Blake Bortles, uh, decent garbage time, or not really garbage time, but decent stats against a relatively porous Indianapolis secondary. Um. You know, QB two. Uh, TJ Yeldon, though, 22 carries for 105 yards, and th this was the problem that we mentioned going to the season. Yeldon's talented. I like his talent, but in terms of his situation, the, the Jaguars just don't get into the red zone enough times for him to really score. 
crazy amount of plays run by this team, 50 attempts by Blake Bortles, and they still managed to get 20-plus carries for TJ Yeldon. Um, I thought it was a pretty decent game plan by the Jacksonville side. If uh, if not for a you know two uh, double-missed field goal, essentially, uh, they would have won this game. Um, it's a good recipe. Uh, I, I would actually like to see them run the ball a little more because that means Blake Bortles won't have to throw it 50 times. TJ Yeldon uh, should be a very solid RB2 going forward, I think. Um, now it's going to be matchup dependent. You're going to have guys on your roster. You're going to st- want to start them in, start over him. Uh, the Colts aren't exactly the best defense in the league or anything, but he got the work this game, and I think that'll continue. Yeah, and as for the uh, receivers, Allen Robinson, four for eighty. Not the biggest game for him, but certainly uh, good, good wide receiver three numbers, which is basically what he is. And Allen Hearns, uh, you know. Uh, I started Hearns in a bunch of uh, DraftKings lineups. I think that, uh, you know, Vontae Davis on Robinson definitely limited him, and Hearns was the beneficiary of that. Definitely. Not every week is uh, is a top-flight corner going to be on top of Allen Robinson, and Allen Hearns got 15 targets this week because of it. Um, going forward, I he's going to ha- he's gonna have his weeks. He's not going to have his weeks. Yeah, he's that boomer bust wide receiver for flex start for you. Um, Absolutely. I, I, yeah, go ahead. Um, in this next week, he's going to be playing against Tampa Bay. Might still be able to look at him. I mean, they throwing the ball against Tampa Bay isn't really much of a chore. Yeah, you know, I was actually going to say uh, I want to bring up one last pass catcher before we move on from this game. Sure. Um, and it's not Mercedes Lewis. It's Julius Thomas, uh, who news came out today that he may be cleared to practice in full. Um, and if he returns against the Tampa, excuse me, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think he's a start at tight end. Definitely. Uh, I, I would think he's a top 12, top 10 tight end going into this next week. Um, assuming that hand holds up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, definitely keep posted on news about that. Uh, so let's move on to the New York Giants at the Buffalo Bills. Man, Eli Manning looks good. Um, this know, game he did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's looked good. He looks He's looked good so far this season. Um, I, I still think uh, I'm a little nervous to play because you just never know when bad Eli is going to show up. But I think this New York Giants defense is really helping them. You know, they're not forcing Eli into bad situations where he, where he has to go out there and win the game. Um, the running backs still just a horrible, horrible committee. Uh, nine carries for Jennings. He got that receiving touchdown. Uh, definitely trucked the defender on that one. Very impressive play, but you, you still mm-hmm. can't feel safe about starting any of them. No, the thing about this backfield is they keep splitting these carries up. Um, you're not going to start Jennings or Williams not knowing who's going to get more carries, and they're going to keep doing it. E- and even with all the touches, both sub forty care, uh, both sub forty yards. Now Jennings got those receptions, which made the difference. But if you weren't starting him before, you're not going to start starting him now. Um, one thing on Eli Manning, if if you're in a rut, you know, with Tannehill as your quarterback, um, if somebody has Eli as their second quarterback, if he's if he's in free agency, you need to own him most definitely. But if your quarterback's not performing, Eli has showed steady improvement each of the games this year, and this is by far the most impressive, putting up three touchdowns against a very staunch Buffalo defense. Yeah, I think uh, two quarterbacks that uh, you know we've all made fun of that have all had horrible, horrible negative point games, uh, but need to be owned this week or I'm sorry, this season. Eli Manning and Andy Dalton. Um, yeah. Oh, mm, 
Mm-mm. Well, we'll we'll talk about him later. <laughs> but uh, continuing on with the Giants, Odell Beckham Jr. five for thirty-eight. Certainly a disappointing game for him, but he's still a stud wide receiver. One he had yeah. an, an out of bounds, amazing one-handed catch that would have been a forty-yard gain. A kind of almost a clone of that catch that put him on the map. Um, you know, he you're starting him every week. If you didn't see it, YouTube it. Um, any other wide receivers? Ruben Randall just not getting enough work for me. Larry Donnell still not worth starting for me. I, I don't see anything there going well, forward. Dwayne Harris got a touchdown. Ruben Randall still got the touchdown. Um, but you're certainly not trusting either of those guys. Again, their desperation, you know, wide receiver for flex plays, maybe. Absolutely. Okay, so on the other side of the, uh, this game, Tyrod Taylor, uh, the stats looked bad, but he actually had a lot of drops from his receivers. He had two touchdowns called back due to pen- penalties. <laughs> I still think he's a pretty solid high-end quarterback two, low-end quarterback one. To me, he's an every-week starter. Uh, the, his feet, he had a good game without even, he had 15 rushing yards. Um, just with his talent, just with his skill. Um, and he doesn't have that much around him catching the football. So that's another thing that speaks to how well Tyrod Taylor's doing. Yeah, and I do want to bring up, you know, they didn't have Sammy Watkins this game. And I think that was a big factor. Even though Watkins doesn't have big stats every week, the fact that he's on the field opens up plays for those other receivers. Absolutely. And and another and it helps that he's uh, finding Charles Clay and finding Charles Clay open. Another guy that I told you, you Gronk owners to pick up and stash for that Gronk uh, bye week. Charles Clay. Hope you listened. Yeah, 110 nine, yards. Nine for 111. Certainly uh, one of the best tight ends this week. Um, you know, and the other Buffalo receivers we, we've discussed before, none of them are worth starting if their name uh, isn't uh, Percy Harvin or Sammy Watkins and Harvin here also had a bad game, but he still has that high upside. Uh, you know, another one of those boomer bust flex plays that we have. Um, but Carlos Williams, not looking great on the ground, but again, that was partially, you know, due to the Giants having, dare I say it, one of the best run defenses so far this season. Yeah, they're, they're looking pretty good. Uh, and they showed a distinct commitment to Carlos Williams. Zero carries for any other running back. Only people to run the ball, Tyrod Taylor and Carlos Williams. Yeah, I think that Carlos Williams is uh, you know a must-own handcuff for McCoy owners. Uh, he may even get a, a good amount of work, um, you know, even when McCoy is back. So definitely hold on to him. Current um, word right now is about four to six more weeks for McCoy. Hang on to Carlos Williams. You start him. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna send some people to the playoffs. That's for sure. Yep. Um, and then one last thing, just you know, keep monitoring uh, Sammy Watkins. Hopefully, he'll be uh, back and ready to go for this coming week. Absolutely, less exciting guy. But if somebody dropped him and you have, you know, if you don't have much on your bench and somebody dropped him, I I don't see any reason not to pick him up. Yeah, a quick stat. I do believe that Carlos Williams is the only running back through four weeks to have scored a touchdown every single game. That is completely true. Um, Okay, so moving on to Carolina at Tampa Bay. Uh, If you had the Carolina defense this week, Jameis Winston, four picks, uh, two touchdowns for the Panthers defense. Uh, You can't ask for much more than that. Yeah. so Cam Newton just wow he's uh, he's not doing much in the passing game but uh, with his rushes you know he's gonna keep keep himself fantasy relevant. Five bonus points on the ground right there. Yeah, that's uh, that's basically another touchdown for uh, four point t- passing leagues. 
Um, Jonathan Stewart, uh, you and I spoke about this yesterday while we were watching the games. I outright dropped Jonathan Stewart in a short bench league. Yeah, for me, he's still a hold. Um, Now, Carolina's on a bye, which may affect your decision. If you're in need of wins, then you cannot afford to have him sitting there doing absolutely nothing for you right now. But if you if you're doing okay, middle of the pack, doing well, I think Jonathan Stewart has a chance to turn it around as this season goes on. I mean, he has a chance, but how relevant is he going to be? Because he's still losing those high, excuse me, those high value carries inside the red zone, inside the ten. I just don't know that he's going to get that many touchdowns. You know, his yards per carry was fine against the bad Tampa offense. But, you know, Cam Newton, uh, rushing-wise, he already has um, two touchdowns this season. Uh, Mike Tolbert's taken a bunch of carries. And in this game, Cameron Artis-Payne had two, only two fewer carries than Stewart did. I just think that if you're in a tough spot, Stewart is droppable if you if you have a Thomas Rawls on the waiver wire if if God forbid Carlos Williams or you know is still on the wire you know drop him. Yeah, if anything like that's the case, absolutely. But I don't expect that to be the case, and I don't know how much better options you're going to find out there than Jonathan Stewart. I understand it left a sour taste in your mouth seeing those touchdowns go to not him, seeing those high value touches go to not him, but he's still a valuable player, and I suspect that he's not going out there 100 percent right now. Yeah, but uh, since when has be excuse me? Since when has he been a hundred percent for you know more than half the season lately? Well, let's let's. I'm still giving him the benefit of the doubt. Give him a week. Give him this bye week to get healthy, right? Um, and then week six, his matchup is against. Uh, let's see, he's got a matchup against Seattle. Seattle. Okay, well, that's not good. Um, <laughs> um, well, actually, no. Historically, Stewart has done quite well against the Seahawks. Um, you know, last year in the regular season, he had 79 yards on the ground and three catches. And then in the playoffs, he absolutely torched Seattle. Um, you know, uh, Stewart's actually not bad against Seattle. But anyway, uh, definitely a drop if you need wins now. Um, if you if you have a deeper bench, certainly hold on. But sure. uh, Ted Ginn... Um, I'm not trusting this. Are you two for 18, but the two touchdowns? Yeah, he got a shockingly few amount of targets, in my opinion. Uh, I was looking for at least five. He got three, uh, two catches, two touchdowns. If you were lucky enough to start him, you had a nice day. If you threw him in in a daily slot or something. Um, I do think that he's probably the only wide receiver to own on this team. Um, Cam has shown a propensity to want to get him the ball. He was still the, well, I guess uh, Burson had four targets to Ginn's three. But over the course of the season, Ginn's been the guy that Newton's wanted to get the ball to. Uh, I think he's worth a, I think he's worth a deep stash, to be honest. Okay. Um, I, I do think the touchdowns are a little bit fluky, but I, I don't disagree that he's probably the number one wide receiver right now. Uh, Burson, don't pick him up. Uh, yeah, I need nah. to see more. He's you know he's one of those matchup based, uh, just fluky. Plays. No five point day four targets. There's nothing to look at here. Yeah, the only reason to know Burson's name even is if you're an Olsen owner and you're angry that he stole some targets. Um, exactly. Um, Olsen didn't have a great day, but he kept rolling, getting the most targets on the team. He's an everyday starter for you. Yeah, he's a tight end one just because of the volume of targets that he's going to see. Um, Jameis Winston, awful. We, we hope he, he will be better soon, uh, if only for Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson's sake. 
Um, but Doug Martin looking just absolutely like his dominant rookie self. Uh, 20, 20 carries for 106 and a touchdown. Uh, just wow. Yeah, he, he ran well if they ran him. Uh, I don't know how much more they could have ran him in this game just with game flow, but he was churning. He was doing well. Uh, Start him going forward. RB2. Yeah, and, and more importantly than just you know his rushing production is that they worked him into the passing game. Five catches for 37 yards. That's something you want to see. That's something a little out of the ordinary. Usually seeing Charles Sims with those numbers, which he did have the receiving touchdown. But um, Doug Martin, yeah. Yeah, I just like them getting him more involved in general. Um, yeah, I, st- I still think his rookie season is his career season. But he, if he can put up solid production, you will always be happy with solid, consistent production. Yeah, as for Vincent Jackson and Mike Evans, I think what we've seen so far this season is that they're kind of going to you know, alternate big games here and there. Uh, it's going to be hard to predict who the, the defense is going to leave open for some big catches and who the defense is going to try and shut down, leaving the other open for those red zone grabs. Fortunately, Jameis Winston, although he's throwing picks but in the bunches, he's going to be throwing passes in the bunches. And Vincent Jackson and Mike Evans are both full steam ahead. You've got to start them every week going forward. They're getting tons of looks. Mike Evans only with 30 yards this game. It's going to be an ebb and flow, of course, but you've got to t- start them both. Yeah, and uh, Kyle Brinza, just awful. He's He's gone. <laughs> um, I just wanted to mention that. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's move on to Philadelphia at Washington. Sam Bradford. Uh, wow. Number one, Sam Bradford looked good again this game despite the loss. And number two, uh, Sam Bradford hates your fantasy team. And clearly uh, he was playing the millionaire maker in, in DFS <laughs> and targeting his own under-owned wide receivers. That's right. Um, let's talk about this uh, weird disaster of a game. Um, Bradford actually took deep shots down the field to his receivers, uh, something that their game was sorely lacking and helped them, you know, open up that passing game a lot. Uh, is he worth picking up if someone drops him? Oh, you had to be crazy to drop him. Just this Chip Kelly offense. Um, I could throw stats at you about last year and everything about top quarterbacks playing with Chip Kelly and things like that nature. This Chip Kelly offense will get on a roll. They're very good. There's a lot of very good playmakers on this offense surrounding him. Once this line gets in gear, once this line gets in gear, sorry, um, everything will start to click. The running game will click. The passing game will click even more. He's still not been super accurate, which has been hurting them but he will be better moving forward. No interceptions finally today, three touchdowns. Yeah, uh, more concerning than that is for DeMarco Murray owners, um, even if the line does get better, uh, mesh a little bit better, uh, you know, Murray had eight carries compared to Ryan Matthews who had five and Darren Sproles who had four. Um, It it seems like this is going to be another unpredictable committee despite the amount of money that they paid Murray. So this is like a... This is just like what's happening in that new new uh, New York Giants backfield, except Murray definitely will have the most carries. Matthews more than likely will be number two and Sproles will be number three. But they're just vulturing each other's value. And it's really not a good situation for anybody involved. Um, DeMarco Murray still, in my opinion, the worst running back before the money. Uh, you take away that nice 30 yard carry and then he had seven carries for six yards total. Um, just not a good day for him. 
Uh, he's not really receiving the football much. He's not getting near as many touches as he should be getting compared to the, what, 500 he had last year. He is a good running back. They need to use him like one. Yeah, it all it all comes down to how well the offensive line can improve because that also gives Bradford the time to take those deep shots downfield. Um, uh, for the receivers, it was certainly uh, welcoming to see Aguilar get targeted more. Um, he was actually second on the team in targets uh, behind Jordan Matthews. Uh, but of course, Riley Cooper and Miles Austin and Brent Selleck took the three touchdowns. Um, is is there any point in picking up Austin or Cooper? I, I don't. I'm not sure. No, definitely not. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be whoever happens to get deep um, in a particular game. Uh, Cooper and Austin are certainly desperation uh, wide receivers to start for very, very deep leagues. Uh, outside of that, I wouldn't trust them. I wouldn't uh, you know, spend too much of a fab budget for them. Um, Aguilar, if he was dropped in your league, is he suddenly worth a pickup? A lot of dropping of Aguilar going on in a lot of leagues this week. Uh, right now, I would click that little flag star thing and put him on your watch list. Uh, just keep an eye on him. Keep him in the back of your mind but I don't know if he's worth using a roster spot just yet. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, if you have the room, certainly a preemptive pickup, but um, yeah, very encouraging to see. I, I'm still pretty high on Aguilar, although I may lose that bet uh, that we made where he outscores Jordan Matthews. Mm, um, uh, well, he did. The, uh, no, he didn't this week because of that fumble, right? Um, correct. But, uh, you know, then that was a, a rookie mistake for sure, but I don't, I don't know that he's going to get benched or anything. If you're, uh, if you're starting him in a deeper league and worried about that, um, no, I wouldn't expect that. So Jordan Matthews, uh, basically the only really safe wide receiver to start in Philadelphia, uh, three for 50, certainly a down day for him as well, but he was still, you know, clearly led the team in targets more than double the next uh, receiver with eight targets. So I'm not worried. You can't bench your stars. You can't bench Matthews. You can't bench Murray. Nothing else to say here, really. Um, Ertz and Selleck. Selleck with the touchdown. Does that worry you about Ertz? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know anyone who's holding on to Ertz as a uh, solid tight end one. I think he's a streamer at this point. He's a tight end, too. Yeah, I didn't understand all the preseason hype. Um, no more stuff to say about Philadelphia. <laughs> Yeah, um, on the flip side, though, Kirk Cousins with a pretty good game. Racist. Um, he got that, uh, you know, he got that sneaky, weird, fluky rushing touchdown. Mm -hmm. um, but certainly, um, you know, I, I still don't trust Kirk Cousins in, in tournaments on DFS, possibly. Um, but not not for your uh, not for your redraft season long leagues. No, absolutely. How about this uh, running back situation, though? Al Morris being that stabilizing force coming in, um, that he didn't have a great yards per carry average, but they handed him the football again. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you can consider Morris more than a low-end RB2, high-end RB3. Um, and then Chris Thompson really coming on. He and Matt Jones uh, both got six and seven carries, respectively. Uh, but Matt Jones didn't look quite as good in this game. Thompson looked great, averaging 8.8 .8 yards per carry. But really, I, I think this is going to be another ugly committee situation as so many have devolved around the league. This is an absolute mess. I don't know what to do with it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess in PPR leagues, you can pick up Chris Thompson. He seems to have won that Roy Hulu job from last year. I, I think he's worth a, you know, desperation flex start week to week He's, he can certainly get you those points um yeah we're talking desperation though 
Yeah, I mean, you'll you'll take what you got from him. That's seven points, but certainly not that encouraging. Uh, Jamison Crowder, uh, glad to see the rookie get more involved. Uh, you know, in deeper dynasty leagues, uh, you know, he's been owned. But I, I think for a redraft now, he can start to be a spark, even with Deshaun Jackson coming back. Yeah, I don't think so. I think Deshaun Jackson's got to be the best receiver on that team once he's back and healthy. Um, Pierre Garçon is going to get the bulk of the uh, the bulk of the targets, and Deshaun Jackson will slot right back in. You can't put him on the field and not target him. He's far too good. Yeah, and I think uh, you know for um, Pierre Garçon, it was certainly good to see him get targeted as well. Uh, you know, with eight targets, but just keep in mind that Crowder did get the most targets in this game. Uh, something to take note of for sure. Absolutely. Um, keep it in the back of your mind. As for Jordan Reed, uh, you know, that injury that we were all holding our breath for finally came, uh, you know, certainly not happy to ever see a player get hurt, but he's been so prone to injury that we, we were kind of expecting. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. Uh, this is a guy that's had a number of concussion issues again. This is a concussion again. And these are the sort of injuries that once you have a concussion, it's been it's been pretty well shown and documented that it's easier for you to have a repeat concussion. The guy's a great talent. Um, in a dynasty, I would consider moving him. I would consider moving on. It's becoming a bit of an inevitability that he's going to continue getting hit in the head, especially playing tight end and getting rattled. Um, and that doesn't bode well for people's careers, especially with all this research and everything in uh, CTE, all the lo- the lawsuit against the league two years ago. Um, people will look into this and Jordan, uh, Jordan Reed might say, Hey, my life is, you know, a little more valuable if than keeping getting hit in the head like this. Um, so I, I'd say he's a sell high at this point. Sell as high as you can on Jordan Reed in the dynasty. Yeah, honestly, I don't know how high you're going to be able to sell him. You know, any owner who's even paid, you know, slight attention to the seasons uh, knows that Reed is uh, very injury prone. Um, yeah, but, but he's a very good tight end when he's on the field. He's He's been noted as a top flight tight end, and I'm sure he's valued very highly to a lot of people that that play dynasty football. Yeah, I just don't know what you're going to get more than, you know, maybe a late second round pick or something like that. Um, Niles Paul, a, a name while we're talking dynasty real quick to uh, keep, keep your uh, eyes open on, um, you know, he uh, left in the preseason with the injury that uh, next year I, he may be a big factor. Um, so with that, let's move on to Oakland at Chicago, who is now one and three for the season. <laughs> Bear down, Chicago Bears. I'm so excited. First one of the season. Uh, we have li- almost no chance of getting the first pick overall anymore. I guess I'm just going to find more things to complain about, huh? Yeah. Um, well, something you can't really complain about. Derek Carr, uh, you, know, you know, you expected a better game from him facing that horrible Chicago defense, but uh, never materialized. Um, but I still think Derek Carr is a pretty solid starter week to week, just not against Denver next week. Yeah, solid days out of not great, but both solid days out of Cooper and Crabtree. And like you said, um, Bridgewater got a touchdown pass on him, but don't expect much success against the Denver defense for this team. Yeah, I mean, Cooper uh, still still a solid wide receiver, too. Only four for 49, but got the touchdown and he'll he'll have better days for certain. Um, And as for the rushing game, Latavius Murray, only 49 yards. Pretty disappointing. Uh, Roy Hulu actually vultured a touchdown from murray but i'm not too worried about that because murray just went out the the play before um i i think halu's not even worth the pickup right now 
Yeah, I, I don't think so yet. Um, it may happen eventually. They had a little concern about Latavius Murray. He came out. He came out with, excuse me, came out with a, an issue with his shoulder, but then came back in the game, handled the load. He should be okay going forward. Yeah. Um, another name to keep an eye on: Seth Roberts, the wide receiver three. There barely had a touchdown. Um, almost had a touchdown, I should say, uh, but it was called back because the tip of his foot was out. Um, I, I do think that um, you know he's a in deeper leagues. He's a startable wide receiver just because Carr seems to like him around the goal line. Yeah, Carr seems to like a lot of players, though. Uh, th- there wasn't enough looking otherwise. I think that would have been his only reception if he completed it. Not exciting to me. Yeah. Um, I, on the other hand, though, Jay Cutler, uh, two eighty one, two touchdowns and interception. Um, as for the pass catchers, Martellus Bennett leading the way, 11 catches for 83 yards and the touchdown. Continue to start your uh, tight ends against the Oakland Raiders. Definitely. Um, just uh, keep in mind next week, uh, Peyton and Owen Daniels. I, I think they're good for at least one touchdown there. Um, yeah. Okay, so Matt Forte, uh, even in uh, you know a down year, he still got 91 yards on the ground. And uh, through the air, he added four for 64. Uh, you know, Forte is still a solid low-end running back one. Forte's getting the ball. Forte ran it uh, 25 times. He had four catches. He's a good running back one. Uh, he was a good coming to the season. A lot of a uh, lot of chatter going on in Chicago about a possible trade, though. Chicago already traded a, a number of their own defenders, uh, maybe looking to build towards the future a little bit. Um, just something to keep in the back of your mind. Now, that could be a good thing for Forte. could be a bad thing for Forte. Take a look at the landscape and think of who needs running backs. I mean, I think it's Forte is going to be a solid running back starter in fantasy no matter what, because even if he does get traded, uh, it's going to be a playoff contender trading for him. Certainly not, you know, a young, young bad team that wants him. Um, so I think Forte is fine, but just uh, Jeremy Langford, maybe a preemptive pickup in deeper leagues. Uh, if Forte does move on, I do think Langford would be the starter. Exactly. This is uh, this is the guy that uh, this this new regime, this Adam Gase, John Fox regime, went ahead and drafted this year right after Kadeem Carey was taken last year. Um, sort of. Yeah, I, I would grab him if you're a Forte owner and you think there's a high chance that he gets traded. Um, how about these uh, Bears receivers? Um, anybody but El- Elshon Jeffrey may come back this next week. So that's exciting. Some people thought he'd be back this week. I was among those people, unfortunately, and had to scramble to replace him, which didn't work out so well for me. Um, but when he gets back, I'm excited. Are you excited? Well, yeah, I fully think that Alshon Jeffrey is going to be a, a low-end wide receiver one with upside uh, when he comes back, purely because uh, Chicago is not going to be the uh, you know keeping it this close in games, uh, unlike against the Raiders this week. I think Jeffrey is going to be the beneficiary of many, many garbage time uh, targets and touchdowns. Absolutely. If the Bears trade any more of their defense away, there will only be garbage time in Chicago. So that bodes well. Yeah, um, Marcus Wilson not buying in despite the 6 for 80. Jeffrey will be back sooner rather than later, it sounds. And Eddie Royal, though, um, interesting in deeper PPR league, 7 for 54 and a touchdown here. Yeah, absolutely. I I touted him coming into the season. He was very disappointing. Uh, Maybe I was just, you know, a little hasty. Uh, Those were his first games in this offense. Maybe he just had to find his role, figure out how he fit in, figure out in-game timing with Jay. Uh, this could be a good thing going forward. 
Yeah, I think he's still going to be boom or bust, but certainly uh, certainly worth an ad at the very least. Um, yeah, the for, more garbage time that these team plays, though, the more uh, value you get for your receivers. Yeah, for example, if you were holding uh, Roddy White or Andre Johnson for one last week just to see if they could turn around, Eddie Royal, not a bad pickup. Now's the time. Okay, so let's move on to Texas at Atlanta then. Just a, Ooh. Oh, Wow. Um yeah, another huge blowout win by Atlanta. Uh, they're they're a solid playoff contender right now. That's right. If De- if Devonte Freeman was Dutch, we'd have to call him Devonte Von Beast. Um, look, I, I I understand that Freeman has had back to back three touchdown games, but but Tevin Coleman is coming back. He's probably going to be back this coming week. And I do think that they're still going to split carries despite Freeman's performance. One, because Coleman has that ability to get those huge touchdown runs. And two, because now, you know, at 4-0, they're clearly playoff contenders. I think they're going to want to, you know, kind of split the load and keep both backs fresh. The thing about that is they did split the load here. Ward had a number of carries. Freeman was still a monster with those three touchdowns, five-yard average, long of 23, busting out long gains, busting out nice pass catches with nice gains. He is very good. Running back one, high-end running back two going forward. Sure, but Ward was also in for mostly garbage time when the game was already out of hand. Um, I I do think Coleman is still going to... Uh, be the guy to own, so to speak, here. Um, but you and I see don't see eye to eye on that. Uh, fair enough. I think both are going to be good, certainly. Freeman, definitely not a drop, even with Coleman coming back. I, just, I wish you owned him so I could trade for him. I just don't think that he's going to be that dominant running back one that he has been the last two weeks. So you don't think he's a running back one right now? Not with Coleman back, no. Do you I, think he was a running back one this week? Absolutely, with Coleman out. But, but you were wrong going into this week, right? Sure, I I will admit to that. I, and you will be wrong going forward, my friend. <laughs> okay, I, I do think that Freeman is still running back two with Coleman. I just don't think that he's going to get the same kind of looks that he's been getting. Um, yeah. yeah, so bad bad game for Julio here. Uh, you know, not worried at all. Uh, he'll be fine. They um, didn't need to throw him the football much more than they did. They, ha- they handled that Houston defense, which was supposed to be a good defense. Hope you didn't overdraft them. They handled that Houston defense quite nicely. Yeah, um, Roddy White's two for eight. Uh, you can drop him. Um, yeah, bye-bye, Roddy. Leonard Hankerson, uh, pretty interesting uh, wide receiver three, wide receiver four here. Six for 103 and a touchdown. Um, again, he is kind of the, the um, handcuff for julio jones but even uh with some standalone value even when julio is in i hope you added him what i told you to because now he's going to cost you yeah i, I think uh, if he's on the waiver definitely uh worth a pickup this week um so uh, we don't really need to talk about jacob tammy he did nothing uh, i think it's gonna be the julio and hankerson show here uh in in atlanta so on the flip side uh arian foster <laughs> very very disappointing uh, you know, return from his injury. Uh, but by low, if anyone thought that, you know, Foster is done, um, first game back, he, he'll he be he'll be a top 10, top five, maybe even uh, running back. 
Arian not looking like a beast here, but he uh, he got limited work, not really because they wanted to. He had the most carries, and uh, and he added what three catches on five targets to that. But just game flow just worked the uh, the running backs right out of the game. Um, he should be fine going forward. Start him against Indy. The only issue and worry here, which I think is a very legitimate concern, are they going to be pushed out of games every game to the point where they're just going to need to keep chucking the football and not running it. Yeah, but we've seen time and time again in the past that Foster gets plenty of targets in the in the passing game, so I'm not worried about that. Even with game flow, um, he's still going to find a way to get those receiving yards if they don't, uh, you know, run the ball that much. Completely true. Just like Love will find a way, Arian Foster will find a way to be a top running back. Probably, probably going forward, I'd like to. I'm going to go ahead and say from this point forward, top five running back. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be too terribly shocked. Mm, um, I thought you were going to say no, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm all aboard the uh, Foster bandwagon. <laughs> um, so Ryan Mallett gets benched in this game for Brian Hoyer, uh, but he has been named the starter again for the Colts game. Uh, regardless, it doesn't matter. Uh, even with an awful quarterback, DeAndre Hopkins still nine for fifty one. Excuse me, one fifty seven on twenty two targets ludicrous a crazy number of targets and that's going to continue if they're getting blown out like this um now some of those targets of course are going to go to foster but going down in target numbers from 22 you've got a lot of room to work there until you're not a great uh, wide receiver yeah and hopkins is the only receiving option in houston that is startable for fantasy uh fedorowitz got his touchdown here uh not worried or excuse me not buying that garrett graham and uh fedorowitz are both going to be uh, very unreliable tight ends going forward. And then Cecil Shorts with a good game, 6 for 87 and a touchdown, but now he's got that uh, dislocated shoulder probably out a few weeks. Um, if, he, if he were healthy, possibly worth a pickup in deeper leagues, but certainly not now. Yeah, I like Shorts. I had him on a few lineups. Very, very upsetting to see him get injured. Um, not really sure what to do with that. I don't think Nate Washington is going to carve himself a piece of this pie. Mom, uh, no, none of these guys, really. Yeah, Houston is a mess. Uh, Foster and Hopkins are the only two guys that you care about here. Yeah, and despite them being such a mess and the fact that they're going to win so few football games, it's it's interesting that like they have a surefire number one wideout and a, and a surefire number one running back. Hey, garbage time still counts. That's right. The no time like garbage time. All right, so let's move on then to the Chiefs at the Bengals. Um, Jamal Charles here, 11 for 75 on the ground and six for 70 through the air, even in a down game where he didn't sniff a, a goal line, uh, touch really, uh, you know, still a solid running back one. Not much to say there. Uh, I, I was certainly too low on him in the preseason. You and I, uh, discussed him at length. Um, I'll give you that one. Thank um, you. So Jeremy Macklin, though, good to see him so involved in the in the game. If if he can keep this up, I think he can be a solid high end wide receiver too in PPR leagues. Um, yep. Eleven for one forty eight, led the team in targets uh, with thirteen targets, uh, and he gets the Chicago Bears next week. Uh, Macklin, love, love, love him for next week. Uh, if you're a Macklin owner, you are licking your chops right now. Yeah, and uh, similarly for Travis Kelsey owners, again, 5 for 49 against a good defense. This is basically his floor every week, uh, which is not bad at all for a tight end. He's going to get looks. He's going to get touches. Nothing more to say. Yeah, and he's, um, he's going to get those two, three touchdown weeks too. 
Oh, yeah, th- th- those will happen most definitely for him. Um, I don't really think there's any reason to discuss any other wide receivers, young re- wide receivers, Chris, uh, Chris Conley, anything like that, anything for you? No, the other guy I just wanted to touch on real quick is Sharkhandrick West. We've seen him increasingly involved in the running game for Kansas City. Um, we haven't seen Niall Davis. Uh, play That's exactly what I was going to say. Weeks. I, I think if you have Niall Davis, you can you drop him. You stole my point, you jerk. <laughs> Sorry to beat you to it, but uh, uh. yeah. I think that Sharkhandrick West has uh, basically become the new handcuff to Charles. I would drop Niall Davis and pick up West if you if you have him. Yeah, Davis had better games. Charkandrick didn't look amazing or anything like that. But that's a good Cincinnati defense, and it's telling that they were giving giving him the looks at Niall Davis. I I think he saw the field for possibly one uh, target that he didn't catch, but I think that was it. Yeah, regardless, uh, Davis is a drop. Um, anything else for the Chiefs before we move on to the Bengals? Um, just uh, possibly... Alex Smith going forward, uh, I think in this next week, if you're having quarterbacks on the bye, um, Alex Smith versus um, versus who? Chicago. Sorry. Versus yeah, versus Chicago. Chicago. Exactly. A sieve at the, at the defensive front. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and just to mention real quick, Smith, no touchdowns in this game, but he did have 386 passing yards and 25 rushing yards. So certainly, uh, certainly worth a shot. Last I checked, that's 15 points yeah. plus. Um, 17 points. You know who's a better fantasy quarterback for the year, though? Andy Dalton. I don't know who who that guy is. And a touchdown um, (laughs) on a day where Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard both got uh, a combined four rushing touchdowns. I think, again, Andy Dalton, uh, quarterback one this year. The theme of the week was redemption, and this was a redemption week for Jeremy Hill. Amazingly happy to see that. I have him in that same league where I have Justin Forsett. So that that really that really touched me on a deeper level. Um, I, I will say, don't uh, don't buy too much into Hill just yet as a running back one. He's still a solid running back two with you know those goal line opportunities, but he only had nine carries for the game. Uh, got got out carried by Gio Bernard, who had thirteen. Um, I do think that Hill's going to be somewhat touchdown uh, dependent, but those touchdowns should be there most weeks. See, I, I don't think that these Dalton uh, lighting it up through the air games are going to continue. They're going to need to rely on this run game. Gio Bernardi and Jeremy Hill will both be startable running backs for you, though. Yeah, e- either way, uh, you know, again, as we said, Bernard's definitely still a running back too, particularly in PPR leagues. Um, although he wasn't nearly as involved this week as he was last week. Um, again, the receivers, A.J. Green, a uh, slow week for him just because they didn't need to target him that much. They basically had this game in the bag. Um, Tyler Eifert, 3 for 69, even uh, you know a down week, he'll take that for him. Uh, still very much involved in the passing game. Rest of the season, you have hell over Bernard still or no? Yeah, but I, I think they're pretty close. I, I don't think that Hill is a, a definite upgrade. Okay. Yeah. Um, it is interesting to see Mohamed Sanu get six targets and Marvin Jones only get two. Uh, we did think that Jones was going to come on a little bit, but I think that Green and Eifert are going to be the two guys here. Definitely. It's it's one and, it's one and two and then everybody after them. Um, we, when you get into that muddled middle, everybody else, some people will have bigger weeks than others. Marvin Jones is still the guy, though. Yep. Uh, any final thoughts uh, before we move on to Cleveland at San Diego? No, I'm excited. I'm real excited to talk about Cleveland and San Diego, a barn burner, barn burner of a showdown. 
Yeah, um, and it's it's so much just so fitting for Cleveland to lose on on a on a field goal uh, a last second field goal attempt where they attempted to ice the kicker and it backfired on them. Um, I don't even or I'm sorry they didn't ice the kicker but they were off sides on that kick and basically right. gave them the game. Yep. Uh, great to see uh, Cleveland keeping these games close. Overtime game last week, uh, real real close one this week. Um, yeah, a lot of production out of people that you're not looking at production from. I, I don't really know what to do with Cleveland. Um, look, uh, Josh McCown had a pretty solid game here, but you still can't rely on him. Uh, the Chargers defense, certainly not a very fearsome one. Uh, McCown's still only a, a streamer if you must. Um, but, yep. but for the rushing game, uh, it's certainly good to see Duke Johnson get more involved. Uh, you know, eight for 31 on the ground, but nine for 85 and a touchdown through the air. I, I think, you know, as we said at the beginning of the season, PPR wise, that Duke may be the better running back to own there. Yeah, this is not a guy that you can let sit on the waiver wire um, if he's there. He's definitely the better pass catcher, although Crowell does get uh, he does get his fair share of targets, though. So another 60 yards for him. So I, they they can produce, but it's totally matchup dependent. And they're each going to, you know, sort of go back and forth in ter- terms of who's having a better day. I just don't know what to make of it still. Yeah, maybe a, a, a sort of a, a low end, or excuse me, a, a poor man's uh, Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard situation there. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, they're not going to score touchdowns, really, um, because, well, I guess Cleveland had 27 points this game. But I don't expect that sort of output out of that team at all going uh, going from week to week. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I, I might be buying some Travis Benjamin now. I You know, I was skeptical coming in the last couple weeks. Um, but he's certainly, you know, leading the team in targets yet again and six for 79, uh, you know, certainly not bad numbers. Yep. Solid game amongst, uh, the, the best of the rest, I guess. Yeah. Still just a, a wide receiver three, but man, certain, certainly, uh, very, a lot of potential here, um, going forward. Uh, what about Gary Barnage? Are you buying him at all? You know, I was thinking about that. I, I was I was thinking about that a lot. He's extremely cheap in, in daily leagues, He, which makes him a little more appealing. He comes up with another touchdown today, but it's just so hard to trust that Cleveland's going to produce enough offense to allow this guy to, to allow people to score here. Um, I probably need to see another week of solid production before I have any sort of real positive things to say. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I might be in. They get they get a pretty bad Baltimore defense uh, next week, and you know, Barnage. The numbers haven't been amazing, but if you want, if you've been watching the games, he is super athletic. He's making great catches, and clearly McCown trusts him enough to target him a good amount. Yep, uh, caught everything thrown his way this last week. Yeah, I, th- I think he's a good streamer this week. Uh, you know, if you got a tight end on by, and certainly another good cheap play in DFS. Yeah. Okay, I can agree there. Okay, so on the other side, Philip Rivers is lighting it up, three fifty eight and three touchdowns. Uh, you know, still a solid low end QB one. Um, Danny Woodhead eight for fifty four on the ground, and then four for eighty four. Uh, through the air, uh, you know, another solid uh, Gio Bernard type PPR running back. 
And Melvin Gordon was kind of disappointing in this game. Uh, you know, against a not great Cleveland run defense, only 12 for 38 on the ground, and, and he's not very uh, involved in the passing game, or, or if he is, at least he's not uh, breaking those big runs after the catch. Yeah, I still I still feel the same way I felt about this San Diego backfield. Danny Woodhead is the guy that you want right now, but come week eight, week nine, it's going to be the Melvin Gordon show going forward. Um, if you can if you can buy sort of low on Melvin Gordon leading into those weeks, I would. Um, but if you have Danny Woodhead, he's he's a flex. He's a solid flex play, especially in a PPR. Even in a non PPR, he had what thirteen points. Yeah. Um, as for the pass catchers, Keenan Allen, a solid day for him. Four for seventy-two and a touchdown. Uh, Ladarius Green, another you know another good tight end but we'll see uh you know what happens when they get antonio gates back this coming week yeah this was your last opportunity to be starting ladarius green last opportunity to start guys like stevie johnson uh antonio gates is going to step in and there's no reason for him unless he wasn't working out or not running routes or not trying at all in his suspension time he he should slot back in nicely he and philip rivers have always had a very good rapport uh i have in one of my leagues heading into this week um i'm excited well, a, a few thoughts here. Uh, number one, Stevie Johnson left this game with a hamstring injury. Uh, we'll see how severe that is um, and wait to see how long uh, it'll, he'll be out. But I do think that Stevie Johnson can still be fantasy relevant, even with Antonio Gates back. Um, and then the other question is, Dontrell Inman, three for 88, but do they do they play more two tight end sets with Gates back and Green doing well? Yeah, that'll be interesting to see for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm keeping an eye on Inman in deeper leagues just because he had a couple nice games at the end of last season when they were really desperate wide receiver, um, and clearly Malcolm Floyd hasn't been doing anything. Uh, I do think though that Stevie, if healthy, is still going to be a wide receiver three. Yeah, I, for me he's not. For me he's a drop at this point. Uh, I don't think he's going to reclaim his value. Uh, he he typically has you know a little part of a season where he's great. Just like actually that that's sort of a San Diego thing. Uh, Royal had some years where he's really good at the beginning. <laughs> then you drop him. It's it's really a, it's really uncanny how much San Diego has done that over the years. That, that's fair. I certainly won't argue with that. Um, so let's move on to the Green Bay Packers at the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, so yeah, dirty game here. What happened? Yeah, certainly uh, we expected Green Bay to kind of dominate this from start to finish, but we've seen that uh, the Packers do much better at home than away. Um, but certainly Rodgers, you weren't disappointed with his game. 224 and a touchdown. Uh, added uh, 33 yards rushing. Um, you know, still the number one quarterback. And Eddie Lacy, um, 18 for 90, got another touchdown vultured by John Kuhn, but I'm not that Kuhn. worried. I mean, look, L- Lacy had a slow start last year, and look what he did to end the season. Then that, yeah, that's that's yeah, absolutely that, the that just may be his mo. Yeah, and uh, you know, certainly don't uh, don't sell sell low on Lacy if uh, you've been disappointed thus far. Um, if you can buy him, get him. But I don't know if anybody's going to sell you know a 10 point running back. Right, and and we've seen again, uh, Starks. Uh, you know, he's got he still has some burst uh, despite his age. Um, still the handcuff to Lacey. Uh, but Richard Rogers, five for forty-five and a touchdown. Is he starting to creep into that high-end tight end two territory? He's starting to sort of get there. Um, when Devontae Adams comes back, I expect him to completely fade away. If you if you own Rogers and you think and you're you've got a Green Bay fan in your league or something, trade him to him now. Yeah, but the uh, the next couple of weeks, you know, Adams did have the high ankle sprain. It, it may still be a, a few weeks before he's back. 
Yeah, I'm just really not expecting it. Uh, if 45 yards and a touchdown is nice, but he's going to be extraordinarily touchdown dependent. If you have to fill in on a bye week, you know, bye week for your tight end, maybe grab him, um, depending on your matchup. But he's he's still an afterthought to me. Yeah, and then uh, Randall Cobb only five for 44 in this game, but he's still a solid, you know, high end wide receiver too. That Green Bay offense is lethal. Um, if not a wide receiver one, even, you know, we've seen his potential to get three touchdowns any given week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and James Jones, again, with Devonte Adams out, I think this only helps to cement his, you know, position as the number two wide receiver in that offense. I honestly don't think that Adams is going to do that well, even when he returns. He's out there on a mission. I don't know what sort of deal he's on, but if it, if it's a one year deal that that could be part of the fuel in his fire right now because he's he's showing that with the right quarterback he can be a very exceptional talent at wide end uh at wide end at uh, wide receiver right now yeah i think that this is james jones basically his last bid for a super bowl ring at this point um yeah it's certainly possible with uh with aaron Rodgers at the helm i um, guess anything's possible unfortunately for those packers i'm <laughs> sure <laughs> Um, so one quick thing to note, Ty Montgomery here, uh, you know, didn't have a great day statistically for a down week for the offense in general. Um, but at the same time, interesting to note that he played every single offensive snap except one. Um, I do think that he's getting more and more involved in this offense and getting more uh, accustomed to playing with Rodgers. And I do think that he's uh, an interesting hold right now. Hang on to him. I fully expect Adams to take all the th- all of his gains away when he finally makes it back from his high ankle sprain but yeah for for now if you're desperate i'd be worried if i were um a Devonte adams owner because i honestly think that he's one not that talented and two the more time he misses the more chemistry that rogers builds <sighs> with these other receivers not, not that talented he said from his sofa Hey, I'm just saying compared to <laughs> compared to the other receiving options. I never Green thought Bay, that I would defend a Packer in my life, but I guess <laughs> that just happened. <laughs> wow. Hey, crazier things have happened. Um, I, I suppose so. So yeah, Montgomery owners, uh hold fast. There there may be some value yet here. Um as for the other side of this game, Colin Kaepernick, interesting to note that despite a horrible game. Kaepernick's rushing is going to keep him relevant as a relatively high-end quarterback too. Um, you know, he's basically getting these yards on the ground every single week because of the the dumpster fire that is their offense right now. <laughs> That's pretty much the the perfect way to put it. Um, Carlos Hyde, what what's going on there? He need he, that first week was so good for him that he's just sort of a disappointment at this point, unfortunately for him in his young career. It's it's game flow. I, I hope you sold high on Hyde because he's barely gotten any red zone uh, carries simply because the Niners haven't been in the red zone very often. Um, yep. I do want to see Reggie Bush, um, how involved he is just because of the passing game. Uh, he did get three targets in this game uh, coming back from his calf injury. And I do think that he may have some sneaky PPR value in very deep leagues. Um as for the rest of the pass catchers, I hope you're not starting any of them. Um, you know, Anquan Bolden, uh, wide receiver four maybe right now, just because he gets all the targets. But outside of that, there's really no value here. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, there's not much going on here, not much to get excited about. Uh, these next couple of weeks are going to be very telling. If Eli Manning stays on a roll, uh, they're playing the Giants next week, they're going to have to do something interesting, whether it's working uh, because they're going to be down points and they're going to be down points early, whether it's working Reggie Bush into a bigger part of the passing game, uh, working him into more to the running game. Um, if they're gonna, I, they, they're going to have to do something drastic and fast if they want this team to turn around and look anywhere near competitive anytime soon yeah uh you know i certainly wouldn't start carlos hyde if i have any other options simply because the giants rushing defense has been so good thus far um i'm certainly not expecting hyde to have a big game against yeah but i could see a lot of people drafted him as you know running back number two there there's they probably don't own many options uh to start over him unfortunately now hyde versus bush in a ppr are you still sticking with hyde no give me bush Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think that both are going to be pretty bad. I'm certainly not saying that Bush is going to get 20 points or anything, but I think that Bush may get, let's say, eight points and hide six or seven. Wow. Uh, In a PPR, you think Bush will outscore Carlos Hyde? I think in this week, in a PPR, Carlos Hyde will probably outscore Reggie Bush. Okay, I'll take that bet and I'll take Reggie Bush. Yeah, let's. I'll take Carlos Hyde. Let's uh, let's make it a deal. A bet or something. We don't have a catchphrase, but it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll make make it official. We're good enough that we don't need to. How about this? Let's make it official. We'll make it Facebook official. Oh, I love that. That's so good. Because it's it's great because we're like we're starting to be a little bit older, and like Facebook was really big for us, but now it's like Instagram and stuff. But this is perfect. I'm, I'm surprised that you, with your, your lack of technology, even know what Instagram is or call, didn't call it the Instagram. Um, but either way. <laughs> hey, definite articles are an important part of English language. Fair enough. Um, but let's. I move. don't know how I didn't use a definite arg- article in that <laughs> sentence, though. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm surprised that you even know what a definite article is. But anyway, <laughs> far, far, far too much uh, time spent on the terrible 49ers. Let's move on to uh, the maybe not so terrible St. Louis Rams with Todd <sighs> Gurley. Yeah, well, what a what a breath of fresh air! It seems like he bre- he breathed into this team. No, there's more factors here. Uh, Nick Foles had an amazing day against it against this great Cardinals defense, and that only served to help Todd Gurley. You know, open things up. Um, I, you I think never. You ex- that, I think you have that backwards, friend. You you think so? I think Todd Gurley had a great day, and that helped Nick Foles against a great uh, Arizona defense. Either way, what a nice little symbiotic relationship they've developed in week one. Now, is Todd Gurley going to be fool's gold like Carlos Hyde was week one? I don't know. This was a pretty darn good defense that they tore apart. Yeah, this isn't the the bad Vikings defense that wasn't, uh, you know, cohesive week one that Carlos Hyde tore up. This is a St. Louis or excuse me, a Cardinals defense that has shut down many good teams. Yeah. Um. So Todd Gurley, early candidate for offensive rookie of the year, maybe. Absolutely. Um, you know, a hundred plus rushing yards in one quarter alone. Uh, wow. I just, uh, you know, if you've got Gurley, uh, you're you're a very happy owner right now. Um, so- temper your temper your excitement, temper your expectations. But yeah, you're starting him going forward. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, who does St. Louis have next week? I, I believe it's uh, Green Bay. Green Bay Packers. Yeah, and they certainly haven't been great at stopping the run. Uh, you know, to, to to note, they are at Green Bay, so the Packers generally play better at home. Um, but Gurley, certainly a must-start running back to every week. Definitely, I completely agree. Um, I only see him getting a little more work in the passing game going forward, too. Okay, and... I know we've talked about this before in previous years and and been fooled. Is it time to pick up Tavon Austin? I could see, I could see the argument. I could see you doing it. I don't want him. I don't want to touch him. I don't want to think twice about him. It's not going to make me lose any sleep if somebody other than me picks up Tavon Austin. I I think I'm going to grab him in a couple deeper leagues simply because. Number one, uh, they never really had a good offensive coordinator who used him properly. He's getting actually used in the receiving game, not just gimmicky plays anymore. And number two, uh, I'm, I think that pretty soon defenses are going to need to stack the box against Gurley and Austin's going to get some one-on-one looks. Do you remember a man by the name of Rex Grossman? All right. We're, no, we're not going down this road right now. Um, <laughs> we've seen great foals this week who only still managed 170 yards, but three touchdowns, no interceptions. This was great foals. We will see a good keeping helping of very bad foals very quickly and very frequently. Okay. Regardless, foals interceptions don't aren't negative points for Austin. I think that Austin is going to get the most targets in this passing game and that foals is going to get the, get the game to him. Or, excuse uh, me, get the ball to him. I disagree. Bailey's going to be worked in. Uh, Brian Quick had his first active week. He's going to be worked in more. I believe Todd Gurley's going to get more passes, and I believe they're going to lean on this running game even harder. Okay. I just think that Tavon Austin could be a wide receiver three with uh, you know a, a shot at a touchdown. Um, Stedman Bailey, on the other hand, uh, still not trusting him. Only two for 30 and a touchdown on three targets. Uh, certainly got got bailed out by the score there. Um, I, I think it's going to be Gurley um, and Gurley. <laughs> yeah, it just just Gurley. Yeah, uh, Jared Cook. We 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 don't see. get me wrong. He's he's very manly, but but he's he's still Gurley. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> um, that was quite a maniacal laugh. <laughs> I certainly feel bad for any opponents that you you beat week to week. I can only imagine the voicemails left on their answering machines. Oh my. Worse, worse than Richie Incognito. Um, oh boy! Oh, oh no! <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Invoke, invoke the name of he who must not be named. All huh? right. Um, so uh, Carson Palmer, a down game here for him, but just just a weird game. Uh, I'm still, you know, he's still a low end uh, or mid end QB one even for me. Still um, put up 350 plus yards. Still had a touchdown. Had an interception. You cannot expect. If, uh, fantasy gold or well uh gold a lot of good things sorry you cannot expect carson palmer to be a superstar every single week yeah but he's still you know a solid qb1 you're starting him if you got him um chris johnson on the ground you know you were on him last week i I was kind of skeptical uh this this may be another one where you uh you got it right and i didn't Absolutely. Um, that said, when Ellington comes back, he's going to carve out his own little timeshare in that backfield. I hope, I hope it doesn't get as ugly as it does as it is in um, in New York right now, uh, in NFC New York right now. But I have a little bit of fear that it might. That said, Bruce Arians does like to lean on older players, especially when they've shown they can produce, and that bodes a little better for Chris Johnson's success. 
Yeah, and we uh, on the receiving side. Um, yeah, speaking you know, of uh, leaning on your your old veterans. Yeah, we we've seen you know Fitzgerald still led the team with seven catches for ninety nine yards. Um, but if you look at the target target distribution, this is kind of what I was getting at preseason when we discussed the Cardinals receiving game. Fitzgerald had nine targets. John Brown had ten. David Johnson had ten. And Michael Floyd had seven. I think that Fitzgerald is still going to be a solid wide receiver too, but I just think that they're going to spread it around and that it's not necessarily going to be, you know, he's not that wide receiver one that's rock solid that he has been thus far throughout the season. Right. He was a sell high. Uh, There will be weeks where John Brown goes off just like Larry did. Um, If you could get something for him, great. Like something good for him. If you can't, Hold on to Larry Fitzgerald just because the way you drafted him, he's more than likely sitting as your flex option, and he is a strong flex. Yeah, and um, I, I think that in a deeper league, it's it's time to pick Michael Floyd back up. He looks like he's fully healthy, back from his injury uh, to his hand, and um, you know we he five for fifty nine on seven targets, and we saw you know Carson Palmer gel with him a little bit more, and he had a he had a almost catch that would have been a touchdown. If this team's going to keep throwing the football the way it is, um, and I don't see any reason that they're going to slow down, they keep throwing it when they're up, um, then all three of these receivers, just like we said preseason, are going to hold value. Yeah, and again, uh, David Johnson, I think with Ellington coming back soon, he's still a hold, but certainly wouldn't expect uh, the, the type of numbers that he's putting up right now. I'm surprised to see just how much work they are giving him. Now, maybe a a part of the factor where Ellington's not there, that's going to go away when he comes back. But he's giving him an opportunity to make plays, and it's really great to see. Yeah, I I think that uh, he certainly earned a little bit of trust from Arians, and uh, I think that he will be involved going forward. But again, it's going to devolve into another ugly committee situation when Ellington does come back healthy. Uh, yeah, this I think week. this may I think this I think when I said New York Giants, I probably misspoke. I could see this, unfortunately, probably turning into more of an ugly sort of uh, uh, Philadelphia sort of uh, spot where Chris Johnson does get the most work. Ellington slots in at number two and then Johnson gets just these sort of ca- these uh, pass catches and things of that nature, sort of like the Sproles role. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. Um Let's move on then to the Minnesota Vikings at the Denver Broncos. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, an ugly game here for him, but, uh, you know, Denver defense, certainly uh, understandable. Um, Adrian Peterson, 16 for 81 and a touchdown. I actually started him in a DraftKings uh, lineup as a contrarian play against a good defense, and uh, he came through a little bit for me, I guess. Um, Certainly not the biggest game, but I'll, I'll take 81 and a touchdown. You always will. Can't say no to that. Yeah, and uh, interesting that we see Stefan Diggs get more work here. Um, do you think that he's going to keep getting playing time with Charles Johnson out? I do. Uh, when Charles Johnson comes back, he's, I, I basically think that he's keeping his spot warm for him. Um, Bridgewater showed at the end of last season. Um, now, I'm not super huge on Charles Johnson, but he has shown at the end of last season that he does like Charles Johnson uh, himself to get him the ball. He was very productive to him. I, I expect that to happen when he's healthy. Yeah, and I think, um, man, I, I've been holding out hope for Kyle Rudolph, um, and it, it was a tough Denver defense, but um, he wasn't getting many targets, and I, I'm going to give him another week, but we'll we'll see what happens with Rudolph. He might he might be a drop soon, just because of uh, you know how much they're spreading it around in Minnesota. To me, he's fallen under Gary Byronage. Ooh, uh, 
I'll give him one more week. I'll give him more, one more week. Fair. Uh, Mike Wallace, I always liked him uh, ahead of Charles Johnson, and he certainly uh, displayed some flashes here. Eight for 83 and a wide open touchdown uh, on that play at the goal line. Um, I like him as a wide receiver three going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's not going to be uncovered like that every game. That's just not going to occur. He got lucky there. Um, really, really tough catch. I, I don't know if you guys saw it. Go, go ahead and rewatch it if any of you didn't see it. He was streaking, you know, he was streaking in the drag route, um, completely uncovered, felt the need to to jump up into the air to catch the ball and then roll out, roll out of the ground. Completely uncovered, completely ludicrous looking, but he made it. Boy, did he make it look spectacular. Yeah, but I mean, here's the thing. Eight for 83 on a day where he was facing up against Akib Tlaib and Chris Harris. Uh, I, I think Wallace is, is a pretty talented playmaker, despite his, uh, you know, somewhat disappointing tenure in uh, Miami. I mean, he's a diva. If you want divas on your team, go ahead and get them. <laughs> All right. Um, so what about the flip side here? Uh, you know, Peyton Manning, 213, one touchdown, two picks. Uh, he's certainly been better since week one or week two, but he's still a low-end QB1 right now. If You're not benching him. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, he's certainly not going to be, uh, you know, play or, excuse me, produce worth the uh, ADP that uh, most people draft him at. Um, he might He might this coming week against Oakland. Well, okay. Uh, you know, Oakland is uh, is the band aid that fixes any team. That's right. But, uh, yeah, they even fix the Chicago Bears. That's uh, right. But uh, Peyton Manning certainly not a, a an elite quarterback anymore, despite him improving uh, since the the first couple of weeks. It's been um, an illustrious career. Everybody has their time. That said, uh, the rushing game: Ronnie Hillman and C.J. Anderson both getting eleven carries. Um, and Ronnie Hillman doing a lot more, breaking that 70 or so yard uh, touchdown. Yeah, I don't know what to do here. I don't know that I want to start either of them, but I probably want to own both of them. As of right now, I think I would rather have Hillman over CJ. I would probably rather start Hillman over CJ right now, but I, I there's no way I could pull the trigger on that. Uh, against Oakland, I, I would start uh, one or both of them. I think that uh, they could have a nice day there. Yeah, it's 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 certainly high potential, high octane. Um, the thing is, unfor- the thing is, though, if you take away that huge run where Hillman hit the corner, nobody caught him because that's exactly the kind of runner he is. He, he's going to have to hit the corner and have nobody catch him. He cannot run well between the tackles. You take that away and he has 10 carries for 30 yards. I now I know you can say that about a lot of people. You could have said that about Chris Johnson during his 2000 yard season. You could have said that about Doug Martin during his, you know, super duper rookie season. But the fact remains, he had a three yards per carry average otherwise. Sure. But again, it was a designed outside run. Um, You know, Kubiak is known for, you know, his creative schemes for the running game. And if you looked at the play, uh, Hillman only had a pretty tight gap to squeeze between defenders, but he hit that hole and then he accelerated past three or four guys in the secondary um, certainly the talent is there again, you know, you're not trusting him as, a, as an RB one or RB two, but as a flex, uh, he certainly has that upside. I'm just glad I'm not a CJ Anderson owner because you can't bench him if you drafted him in the first round, right? Yeah. You probably don't have many options, uh, unless you had a really good draft or, you know, picked up guys like Carlos Williams on, on the waiver wire. Exactly. 
Um, so Demarius Thomas here, nine for 93, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, three for 68. If you got them, you're starting them. Uh, you know, not much to say here. Exactly. Um, certainly. Uh, I, I will say that I think any and all Denver players are worth a, a stack in DFS this coming week against Oakland. Absolutely. You can afford it. You do it. Okay. So, um, let's move on then to Owen Daniels. Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, we touched on him a little bit before. Uh, certainly uh, a streamer at best, but uh, you know, definitely worth a start. Um, or maybe even Virgil Green against Oakland, just because they're so bad against the tight end. Yeah, Owen Daniels again came down with the touchdown. Virgil Green not uh, visible in this game, but I, yeah, I still don't want to. I still don't want to hedge any. I, I don't want to, you know, bet my week on either of them. Yeah, next week could very well be Virgil Green. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to the Sunday night game, uh, Dallas at New Orleans. And actually, uh, this week's close shave of the week uh, is brought to you by Gillette, the best a man can get. On the second play of a tied game going into overtime, uh, hosting the Dallas Cowboys, uh, CJ Spiller catches a short pass from Drew Brees and breaks a tackle to go down the field for an 80-yard game-winning touchdown. Get your close shave like C.J. Spiller with Gillette razors. You can pay less than $5 for a month of shaves with Gillette's Shave Club. Join now at no cost and get exclusive rewards. Um, So interesting to note here, uh, C.J. Spiller coming off of that knee knee scope. um, He played 14 snaps last week, which was just over 20% of the total offensive snaps. And then this coming week, or I'm sorry, this uh, last night, um, he played 21 offensive snaps, almost 30% of uh, the total offensive snaps. Uh, you know, they're certainly giving him more and more work coming back from his injury. Um, is he startable yet? And that's the thing going into this game. Uh, we talked about this. If he did nothing, it was it was most likely probably going to be time to drop him. Now he did this. Um, I, I don't know what to make of it. I, I can't drop him, but... I, I still can't start him. Like, uh, look, he's he's gonna be one of those. Uh, I think he's still just a flex play right now, but he's certainly shown that he's got that upside. Yeah, he he's got upside, especially in a PPR. Obviously, uh, all all of his value essentially came because of catching the pass. I, all of I mean, it was that huge play. That's what saved his value here. If it wasn't for that then I don't know if we'd e- we wouldn't be having this discussion right now. Yeah, if their kicker had made that uh, last field goal attempt, uh, this never would have happened, and C.J. Spiller would have been dropped across the board, most likely. Yeah, so uh, to me, he's a hold, and he's still not a start. I mean, he just didn't see enough work for me to justify it. I think he's a start for me now, um, and here's why. He only got two carries, but he did average five yards a carry. And then even, uh, you know, had that overtime long touchdown never came, he still would have had uh, four catches. Um, and I, I do think that they're trying to get him more and more involved in this offense as he returns from this injury. I do think he's worth a flex play. Yeah, I I, I could see it. I just can't pull the trigger yet. Um, this next week they're playing against, um, sorry, uh, brain fart. They're playing against Philadelphia. Philadelphia has allowed a lot of offense. So maybe this week is the week that he breaks out. I mean, I guess he quote unquote broke out last week, but I I can't really count that on that one. I'm going to call it a fluke play. 
Yeah, I mean, but, you know, that's why you drafted C.J. Spiller, because we've seen him in prior years be able to break big plays like that. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, like I said, for you, he's a start. For me, it's wait one more week. Okay. Um, as for Drew Brees, I, I think he's a, a relatively safe QB1 right now. 359, uh, two touchdowns, no picks. Um, certainly that 80-yard uh, touchdown helped at the end of the game. Um, but again, with with Spiller uh, getting healthy, maybe this is what the Saints kind of need, to uh, one more playmaker to kind of get him over that hump. Very nice week for him. He dissected the Dallas defense at the end of that game. That was that was that was old school. That was vintage Drew Brees. That was what we like to see out of him. Yeah, and that was um, not vintage, but powerhouse Mark Ingram too. Seventeen for seventy-seven on the ground here. And very true. They finally started getting Ingram more involved in the passing game. Six for fifty-one here. Um, I, Absolutely, I do think that he's you know he's a solid RB two going forward. Both in standard and PPR, we said this coming to this year, he's a better pass catcher than anybody wants to give him credit for. Yeah, and uh, speaking of their other receivers, Brandon Cooks, uh, we we discussed this a little previous weeks. Oh, um, you know, just uh, we we've said again, they need a guy like Jimmy Graham to be that number one. Cooks is the underneath or the uh, you know the quick guy who needs another target to kind of draw away coverage. Yeah, just disappointing game out of him. I really think he's he's a phenomenally fast talent, a good pass catcher, but that's exactly what he needs. He can't be the number one guy. He has to be your 1A guy, unfortunately. Yeah, and uh, one, one last quick note, too, on the New Orleans receivers. I do think that Willie Sneed is becoming a flex play just because um, he has been playing the second most snaps of the wide receivers behind Brandon Cooks. He got 48 snaps this past week. Um, he could easily be like a Lance Moore or a Devery Henderson from, you know, a few years back where every single week there's there's a threat for a, a touchdown and maybe a big play. Absolutely. Uh, this can th- now this is part of the Drew Brees effect. He's just such a good pinpoint quarterback that he can that he can make people that would otherwise be irrelevant relevant from week to week. Uh, I, I could very easily see him falling into like what Marcus Colston's done for you probably the past couple of years. If you draft him, you expect sort of solid production. Um, he doesn't really give you solid production, but from a week to week basis, uh, he either gives you a, a lot or absolutely nothing. He could win you some weeks potentially if he keeps getting this sort of work. Yeah, I think uh, Sneed's going to have a, a stat line around like four for 40, but it could be a touchdown every week. Is he must own yet? No, not yet, but I think in deeper leagues, uh, you're starting to pick him up. Yeah, I, I think I think he's start uh, starting guy to look at. I still think if Hankerson's unowned, he's definitely the one to get. But um, Snead isn't very far down the list behind him right now. Yeah, and uh, just a quick note here. Uh, we're watching Monday Night Football right now as we record. Um, predictably, Matt Stafford uh, struggling versus the Seattle defense. Yeah. Um, Amir Abdullah getting the rock. Uh, eight carries already. Uh, not doing much with them, though. Uh, I really wish they would give Zach Center a look, at least. Yeah, well, I know you do because you're a Zach Center owner. I am uh, across multiple leagues, but more so just because I, I think they've tried the Joyke Bell experiment and it's clearly failed. I, I don't know, uh, you know, what what there is to lose at this point by giving Zenner a few tries. Yeah, is the Amir Abdullah experiment failing so far, though? Um, no, I don't think so. I, I think, you know, he, uh, uh, in Seattle, certainly not the best, uh, test for, for him. 
Um, right. And no, plus, I, I completely agree. But I, I do think that if they gave Zenner the ball more between the tackles and used Abdullah more like a Gio Bernard, I think they could find success there. Yeah, I, I completely agree. All right, back to the game we were talking about. Yeah, um, okay, so Cowboys side of the ball, Brandon Weeden. Hang, hang on, hang on. Oh, okay, yeah. One thing I wanted to mention, um, some production out of these out of these New Orleans tight ends. We were looking for somebody to step up and take that Jimmy Graham role. Um, ben Watson had 30 yards. Hill had the touchdown. I, I wish they could combine their forces. You know, with their forces combined, they are Captain Saints or something. But but it's <laughs> to me, it's probably just not going to happen. Yeah, but, uh, you know, Josh Hill, if you were starting him by accident or something, uh, I, I guess you got the touchdown. But like you said, they're they're kind of like an Owen Daniels and a uh, Virgil Green. But Virgil a, Green, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. So, yeah, not, uh, not starting either of them if you need to. All right. On to America's team. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, uh, Whedon, you know, had that beautiful touchdown pass to Terrence Williams to tie the game. Uh, ultimately, it didn't mean much, but uh, certainly meant a lot to the Terrence Williams owners who started him three for 49 and a touchdown. Uh, that's basically what you can expect, uh, maybe without the touchdown most weeks. Yeah, um, there's there's not there's not much coming out of Dallas that's good here. OK, so I live in Dallas right now. I don't know if our listeners know that or not. And this is an issue that's going to be continuing to be plaguing the Dallas Cowboys. So I was talking to my friend, Dominique, who lives here in Dallas. Shout out, name drop. You're welcome. Um, And she cannot name Dallas Cowboys fan. She cannot name anybody that plays on the offensive side of the ball other than Jason Witten at present. And they do not really have playmakers after Des Bryant got hurt. I mean, Romo's gone. Whedon is not the solution, unfortunately, but they don't have a better one right now. Lance Dunbar's hurt. Joseph Randall is Joseph Randall. Darren McFadden will be hurt. Terrence Williams should, for all intents and purposes, like when he was drafted, I thought his and DeAndre Hopkins' career arcs were going to be very similar. Taken at the same place, both coming to Texas, I thought it was going to be a beautiful story between two young guys. Um, not, n- never mind. Okay, phrasing, whatever. Um, But Terrence Williams has not done anything. Held without a catch last week, and this week he finally got worked in on some underneath routes, but he's just not making anything happen. Cole Beasley is the best receiver they have on their field right now, and they are in trouble. They're not going to put up points for you. You need to look elsewhere. Yeah, uh, two notes to add on to what you just said. Number one, uh, I think at this point in his career, Terrence Williams is more uh, Reuben Randall than DeAndre Hopkins. Clearly, he needs a playmaker opposite him to draw away the coverage and, and in order for him to make those plays. Definitely. Um, and number two, uh, speaking of injuries, um, Bryce Butler, too, had a great catch uh, for 67 yards, and then he promptly left with an injury. And also Sean Lee lost to a concussion. This Dallas team is just struggling on all fronts right now. Sean Lee got hurt? Yeah, he uh, he left the oh game. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. I um, missed that. And the, the one... Oh, he was playing with his hair on fire too. I know that's not fantasy relevant, but he's very fun player to hey, watch. For, for IDP League, certainly uh, Sean Lee uh, is a big loss. Um, Monster. But, but my point was the one rock solid fantasy producer throughout all of this, Jason Witten, four for 57, uh, didn't have a touchdown this game, but certainly, uh, you know, tied for second on the team with six targets. I think he is going to be the only reliable Dallas Cowboy that you can start right now. 
Absolutely. That's that's the only option. That loss of Dunbar, though he may not have been owned in many leagues, that is huge. That's gigantic. Um, In deeper leagues, uh, maybe time to grab Kristen Michael just because with Dunbar Dunbar out, they need a body in there and uh, Michael may get a shot sooner rather than later. Nobody's grabbed the job. Randall followed up his three touchdown performance with a, a with a twenty six yard, two point four yard per carry per, uh, uh, performance yeah, against, against the Saints. Against, Saints defense. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Maybe it's time for him to uh, steal some underwear that lets him run better. Um. Either way, you're you can't trust him. I guess you have to start Randall if you got him. You probably don't have many better options. Exactly. Uh, they are not making a- any sort of uh, exciting push for me to shell out the big bucks and visit Jerry World this year, though. Yeah, definitely not. Um. So with that, uh, any any waiver pickups for this week that you want to discuss real quick? Um, coming into this week, um, if if they're there, uh, I think Ted Ginn, I, I wouldn't use a waiver on him or anything like that. Um, Carolina is off this next week. But like I said, if there's somebody to own in Carolina, it's Ted Ginn. And if you're hurting for receiver, there's not much left. Um, after the waivers have processed and everything, if you have somebody you can drop, go ahead and pick him up because n- nobody should be going after him with Cal- Carolina having their bye week. And only if you can afford to own him. Um, also, Ronnie Hillman. Um, if he's there, obviously probably, he's probably the top running back to add this week, but I still don't know how I feel about starting him. Yeah. I think my priority pickup of the week, if he's there is Julius Thomas. Again, he's been a name that nobody's been talking about. Um, but when he's back, he's a talented enough guy to be, uh, you know, a very reliable target for Blake Bortles over the middle. Uh, very good. And, and you just may need to uh, pick up a tight end this week. If you're a Greg Olson owner. Yeah, uh, definitely something to keep your eye on. And then same thing uh, for Jordan Reed owners who just lost him too. Definitely. Um, So uh, also in deeper leagues, it may or may not be time to give Jake Stoneburner a look. uh, Stoneburner! Just because he he gets targeted in the end zone and that's that's where they count. Um, Yeah. uh, As for any, uh, did you you want to talk about any particularly good or bad matchups for this coming week? Sure, a couple good matchups. Uh, so, so the the teams on by this week are Miami, Minnesota, Jets, and Carolina. That'll affect you, Decker and Marshall owners, you Ivory owners, uh, Cam Newton owners. Um, not necessarily the Ryan Fitzpatrick owners, but if you've got uh, Ryan Tanhill, this this may be a good option for you to find another option. Um, Jay uh, Jay Cutler versus Kansas City, and in that same game, like I said before, Alex Smith versus uh, Jay Cutler and your your and my very own Chicago Bears. Um, not much good defense being played by either of those teams. A lot of a uh, lot of receiving yards being allowed. So I would start both of those quarterbacks. Um, look for a big day from uh, from Travis Kelsey, and with that will come a nice day for Alex Smith. Uh, Jameis Winston also against Jacksonville, allowing a lot of yardage. Um, and whether that defense is up or down, he's going to be throwing a ton. All right. Well, that is going to wrap up our show for this week. Um, as always, now that we are in season, we understand that there are a ton of questions, whether it's waiver wire pickups, uh, trade offers. We're getting to that point where if you're uh, you know, one and three, it's time to make some big moves. Uh, you got to get to the playoffs to win the playoffs. Um, and then playoffs, <laughs> I'm just saying if, if you're holding on to studs like Des Bryant and you're like, oh, I can't sell low on him. Hey, you got to get to the playoffs first. Um, That's right. So as, as always, if you have questions on just about anything, 
Uh, we are here for you on Twitter. I am at FFA underscore M-E-N-G. And I'm at FFA underscore LOS, L-O-S. Be sure also to like us on the Facebook, um, on your podcasting app, in your iTunes store, and on your on your uh, your purple podcasting app. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button so that all the future uh, episodes are easily downloaded so you don't even have to think about it. It'll just pop up and say, oh, hey, next week, week five in review is up for you to review and listen to and get all the good information for your upcoming fantasy week. Um, it's been a pleasure talking to you about week four in review. Nice, uh, nice uprising from a lot of good running backs, a lot of good football being played. Yeah. And, uh, good luck in the upcoming weeks. It's, uh, as always, uh, it's a fantasy world and we're just all addicts in it. Thanks addicts.